Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Felder joining us. He is the voice of reason on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Michael, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I just picked my kid up from pickup, so we are rolling and getting ready to get home. That was a heck of a school day we had today. Early. <laughs> Half a day? Yeah, man. I'm excited. Let's talk let's talk about Bryce Young. Well, I want to talk about why, why are we out of school already? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Where do I I'm trying to get that work day. All right, she's four, got a half day. Let's do it. <laughs> well, we're about the same height, I'm guessing, so uh, I should be able to get out of work half a day. I don't know. i got to work on this. Hey, you're telling me. All right, so, yes, Bryce Young. So a friend of mine just texted me this, and he's kind of a uh, stat nerd and handicapper. He said Bryce Young's true height, 5'10 He was listed at 6 feet 194 at Bama. He would be the first quarterback listed six feet or shorter and under 200 pounds, selected in the first round in the common draft era, and the first quarterback listed under 200 pounds selected in the first round since Jim McMahon in 82. Can he still be great? Yes. Would I bet on it? No. What do you think about all this, Michael? This is the first time I've heard anybody mention Bryce Young's size in comparison to his play. His size has been an issue. That's the biggest issue. That's why people have CJ Stroud over him. But the reality of it is, I, I don't care, uh, especially in modern college football. You know, I talk, we kind of hit on this a little bit when we had dinner. Um, the game's built for Bryce Young, a guy with a quick trigger, a guy that's mobile enough to get out of trouble and mobile enough to steal yards from you, and a guy who the rules are going to protect. You're not going to be able to hit this guy. You're not going to be able to destroy him the way you would have been able to do, you know, a decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago. So the game's built for him. He is he is what he's a prime looking quarterback. You don't have to be six five. You don't have to be two hundred and thirty five pounds. He is fine. And I know that obviously he's packing on weight to try to appear to be over two hundred pounds for the combine and he's gonna wait to throw at his pro day. But the reality for me, game's built for Bryce Young. Bryce is gonna be fine. This is a guy that's got a remarkable processing um like his brain is a remarkable processing mechanism. And I'm very excited to see what he what what he does when he gets into the next to the next level. Uh, okay, who was your favorite little QB of all time? Coach, I mean, easy. Are we going to go Flutie? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's that, that feels like a classic answer. Breeze. But I also think I think Breeze is another good one. I, I think that's obviously true. Russell Wilson is not a tall guy, true, but he was mobile enough to uh, to get out of trouble and make things happen. Obviously, he's on the decline of his career right now. But I, I, honestly, I think I'll go Russell Wilson because I remember watching him. Goodness gracious, he beat the wheels off of us in 2008. I went up to visit my girlfriend, and um, literally we went to the game. It was a cold November um, Saturday, and Russell Wilson just tore us apart. And then folks in the Big Ten didn't think he was going to do anything, and he got up there and he gave them the work too. So I just, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson in terms of guys that are on the side of short. Okay. I don't think the concern for me is this. Uh, we've seen short quarterbacks. It's the size. It's uh, the the fr- yeah. frail frame. You you look at some of the smaller guys and they injury prone, uh, and that that would be the concern that you, that you spend a number one overall pick on a quarterback that could get hurt. But then Sorry, sir. you look at big quarterbacks. I mean, heck, I'm a Dak fan. Dak's been hurt. He gets hurt. He's a big yep. quarterback. Quarterbacks do oh, yeah. get hurt. So I don't know where to where to go on it. I agree. I agree with. I agree with. 
young. I, I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's extremely intelligent. Watch him. He's one of the ones that doesn't try to get the extra yards. Dak does a little bit. You know, the, everybody's trying to follow in the, the Josh Allen footsteps a little bit and make the team think, hey, I'm a rough, tough guy, mm-hmm. which doesn't work in the NFL if you're a quarterback. And uh, But I'm a big yep. Bryce Young fan. I, th- I think his mind's there. I think he's going to hit, hit less because he gets rid of the ball faster. I think when he does run, yep. he gets out of bounds or gets down way early and makes sure he doesn't get hit. Yep. And like you said, like Michael said, they, they protect you so well in the NFL, and that's not going to get any worse. They reviewed this week, they reviewed all the late hits on quarterbacks or all the personal fouls on quarterbacks, and they said out of them all, and you remember how ticky-tacky some of them were, there were only two that were questionable. Um, think about it. That means they're headed towards even more of that protection. So you're telling me if they change the rule in the offseason that they're going to let the quarterback be tackled like everybody else, he should worry about it, but until then, don't worry about it? That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, We're talking to Michael Felder on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Talking about rules changes, I heard today they're looking at, and they're going to examine this, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback sneak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting rid of it. Did you read why? Did you read the statement? Because that is not an aesthetically pleasing play for the fans. That's the dumbest reason I have ever heard I think it was anywhere. Pleasing for the Eagles fans. It was pleasing for. <laughs> there's a million plays in football not aesthetically pleasing. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever. Then outlaw the fullback run, outlaw all quarterback sneaks. I mean, just if that. guys were getting hurt like they did with the old wedge, I get that. But if there's no if there's no Nobody's increased energy, hurt. yeah, that's what I'm saying. If there's no increased injury risk, I don't know why. You I would. hate penalizing people because I felt this when I was coaching in high school we, with the National Federation. They would somebody I had an Side guy, he'd call me up. Hey, we're doing the Kevin Kelly rule this year, you know. And they would change rules about yeah. things. If you're changing a rule just because they figured out a good way to do yeah. something that's legal, then that's a dumb reason. You hate it. the yeah. innovator. You injury hate the... only is the only reason. Yeah, that's you it. Stop it you, you know, and Michael, I'm sure you're familiar with this film in the movie Spies Like Us. I mean, the great work of art that it was. There was a line in there that said, "We mock what we don't understand," and that's what's happening right now. And I will not stand for it, Coach. I'm with you. What are you going to do? Let's go pick up the I, NFL. I, the, the the quarterback sneak thing, I. As, and I get, I'm a defensive guy. It's if it's a quarterback sneak should be the quarterback making a play, and should be the lineman making a play, the quarterback making a play, not three other guys behind him pushing it. And I just I think about it because I also extrapolate that to uh, we saw Michigan do it a, a very a, a fair amount this year, where it's uh, you you hand off to um, Blake Corum, Corum gets gets bugged up early, and then the offensive line come in behind and they just drag they basically are dragging him across. That's the part that bothers me, because if you're going to legislate forward progress, you've got to stop it when the forward progress stops. That's my issue. But don't change the, the rule. Don't change the rule. Just legislate how fast they sure. blow the whistles. Forward progress to stop. Blow the whistle, referees. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> but if you are going to allow for people to pull and all those things, then what we need, that what I need to have happen, and, and Coach, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, happen. Is if I tackle some, if I if I initiate my tackle one yard in front of the the line of scrimmage, if we're going to let them push and pull, then I'm able to push and pull this guy, and you got to put him down after I ta- after I push him back for you. You got to do the same thing. That's the way. Like there's only two ways: whistle comes when four progress to stop, or you call it both ways. Where when the defense, like you're not moving the ball up five yards because it's one of those things where it's very clear. We just talked about all the rules that are made for quarterbacks and protection of quarterbacks and all. We know the deck is stacked against the defense. You don't get to have 
five guys running the football mm. when it's one guy running the football. That's all. But what you know what I think that is the most in, in calling college football games, that is the most frustrating thing and the most inconsistent thing is when forward progress has stopped. Yeah. Because I let I've seen yeah. guys let it go on for three or four or five seconds. And I've seen guys stop it way too soon, too. And I'm like, what are we doing? There's no consistency with that. I, I think the good answer is, like Michael said, okay, then put the ball down where it is when his knee's down, whether he was hit and drove backwards. But for progress, they did that rule because people were literally – running backs were up, and they were hitting them lower, holding them up, and picking them up and carrying them right. back. And they're like, wait, the guy couldn't get down. And so that's, you know, a whole nother. And at that time, though, if you'll remember, then you also could not assist the runner. So it was equal on both sides. Mm -hmm. And now that it's that way, maybe you do put it back. The backs will learn real quick to get lower or get down. Of course, then it takes away from the offensive part of the game, and that's what they market. Michael, let me ask ask you about – we haven't talked about this yet, and I don't want you to hold the the Florida State angle against Dion with his history. But, you know, my my old co-host, Pat Bradley, used to say – there are there are three people who can say what they want: kids, old people, and Charles Barkley. I'm going to add Deion Sanders to that list now. So now it's a group of four. Deion can get away with dang yeah. near anything. He recently made some comments. I mean, I know it was somewhat tongue in cheek, but he talked about how when he recruits a quarterback, he wants a kid who's in the classroom, doing well, smart kid, comes from a two parent home, stable environment, and when he gets a defensive lineman, he wants a guy who's got a you know single parent. He's got some dog in him. Obviously, a little bit of a shady background, whatever. He's cool with that. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Um, I didn't find it offensive. Some people flipped out. Yeah, some people flipped out about it. I mean, look, there's probably a grain of truth in that for some coaches. And, again, I think with Dion, I just look at it totally differently. He can say almost anything. And I'm like, okay, it's Dion. I mean, some of the stuff he pulled when he got to Colorado, not many coaches could have gotten away with that either. It's not right that he can say whatever he wants, though, and get away with it. I mean, if you think of – I mean, if if our guy, if Pittman says that, what happens? Well, he ain't Dion. Well, nobody's being reprimanded by the university. Probably NCAA calls him into the office. I mean, you know, I just think it's that's a sure. crazy thing, and I don't think he should have said it either. I think I think it's wrong to say. Yeah, I, well, here's the thing, and everybody, every school's different, every coach is different. Here's the reality for me: like, I know that what he part of what he said when he's talking about quarterbacks, Stanford does apply that sort of um, standard to their to what they're doing. Um, it's you know, it's more GPA based. Obviously, their slogan was, what, intellectual brutality. Um, but the kids that Stanford is targeting, most of them have professional parents. Yes, I understand that. But the, the way, I guess for me, the way that Dion said it, it did feel like some combination of, of I, I don't know, man. I, again, I'm a defensive guy. Like, Dion, like, Dion is, like, it felt exclusatory. Is that a word? It, it, it felt like Dion, like Dion, wouldn't have been able to play quarterback for himself. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's a good point. Like he wouldn't have been able to play quarterback for himself, and that's the part that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Is the idea of eliminating these guys who, like, one, they're looking for a shot, but two, they're still get, doesn't like having two parents doesn't make you a better person than someone that's got a single mom or a single dad that's working their that's busting their hump mm-hmm. to make things work. You know, not having the, the academics that, you know, that because, that, again, I guess it speaks to privilege, right? And and I think about this a lot because I am, I'm someone that I grew up in a two-parent household. My parents were both teachers and then became administrators in school, in the school system. And, like, I knew how to get to college. I was going to go to college no matter what with football. 
So that was a privilege that was afforded. Someone who comes from a family who they don't, maybe their parents never went to college. Maybe their parents don't know how to get into college. Maybe their parents don't know what classes they should be directing their kids to take. I don't think that they should be discounted from that quarterback spot. I know you've seen this before. I've seen it before where we see guys get slotted into positions simply because of things and not get the opportunity to be the quarterback. Not because mm-hmm. they turn to play quarterback moving forward. So that's the part that's frustrating. That's why I really like talking to guys like uh, George Whitfield mm-hmm. and uh, Quincy Avery because they, like, they want to give these kids chances uh, not just to run around but to teach them the art of playing quarterback. And I do think that quarterback does speak to, and, and Dion kind of, what is it, saying the quiet part out loud, he, he, he really did talk about how, like, quarterback is a role that's reserved for privileged for privileged players, by and large, because if you, it's not just the 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 the, the, the stable household, but it's the money. It's the money that comes with the two parent household. The money that comes with that means that you can get your quarterback coach. You can get to go see Whitfield. You can get to go see uh, Jordan uh, um, um, Jordan Palmer. You get to go do those things with those guys. You get to travel around to go to camps. And a guy that someone that can't afford it doesn't get that same opportunity. So I just, for me, it's a very um, I felt charged about it. I was frustrated by it. And I think it was even more frustrating that it was a guy who is from a single parent household who literally said he wanted to be good at football so that he could take his mom, he could buy his mom a house, and to then flip it on its ear, that that was a little bit discouraging. Does that make sense? Yeah, and and I'm glad he's playing the music because I was fixing to jump on that bandwagon and give you about five other reasons I'm with you on that one. And uh, and it's not fair. It's not right to, to just single. To me, to single a guy and say, you know, you're a single parent kid, you're not going to be a quarterback. But it, but the, the, my bigger thing with that is just because something, you know, I'm a firm believer in don't get up there and say something dishonest. Don't say it on the air, don't say it in the newspaper. It happens yep. all the time, but it is. J- but just because something might be true, let's say he does look for that, doesn't mean you should say sure. it. Like, let's say you think I'm a yep. not an ugly guy. That's all fine. I'm an ugly guy. It's a, it's a fact. But I don't need people on the sidewalk yelling at me when I come out of my house. I mean, I don't think you should say it just because it's true. I've had coaches tell me things that I would not repeat on the air that are in recruiting, which I think people, if I told you the things, you'd be like, yeah, that's probably true. That probably does happen regularly with coaches. But it's not something you want to say in probably a public forum. No, no. And you're right. He gets that. All we've done is prove that you're right. Dion can say whatever he wants to. Yes, okay. He gets away with it all. And that is the final word. Uh, shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. I just I'm gonna put him in that elite group. Anyway, Michael, we gotta run. I appreciate the time. Be safe with the youngster, and I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Appreciate the time. Sounds good. You guys take it easy. All right, thank you, Michael Felder. Always interesting.